This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Amazon continuing to expand its presence in the skies well above Earth. Former CEO Jeff Bezos continuing with his Blue Origin project of taking citizens to outer space. And you have to include Project Kuiper in the mix. Its goal is to launch uh, into space satellites that will help provide high-speed Internet around the globe, similar to what Elon Musk is doing with his Starlink network. Rahul Kapoor is an associate professor of management at the Wharton School and joins us to talk about this project and what it means for Amazon. Rahul, great to talk to you again. Hope you're doing well. Thank you, Dan. Great to talk to you as well. I see it, and obviously I think there's a lot of optimism uh, around doing all of these projects, but there certainly, I think, have to be a, a good bit of unknowns as well when you're talking about a company that is so well-known for e-commerce, focusing on an area that is so divergent from what people know it to be. Yeah, uh, you know, this is clearly uh, an uncharted territory, no pun intended, uh, for any technology company. Uh uh, but I think from Amazon to be able to take on this initiative and with Jeff Bezos uh, being intimately involved uh, does uh, push things quite far in terms of the Amazon's uh, core business envelope. And uh, from my perspective, I think the, the general space era that, as you know, I've been teaching a course here at the Wharton School uh, is, is really a, a green field in terms of technological and the business opportunities and what uh, Amazon is doing with Project Kuiper, what uh, SpaceX is doing with Starlink, are essentially attempts at unleashing the, the business and the technological potential that the new space era presents. Where do you see the, the, the greatest opportunities from a business perspective with these types of projects going on? Yeah, I think... Uh, I think the the clear uh, starting point for for these projects is, uh, of course, internet connectivity and uh, trying to uh, work around the constraints of creating the infrastructure on our planet to moving into uh, the low Earth orbit. And uh, so the the primary goal that I see, uh, both uh, Starlink and and Quiver, are making internet, high-speed internet, as widely accessible as possible. That by itself is a, is a large business opportunity uh, to top things up. You know, as you know from Amazon, um, core business of, of e-commerce, uh, the greater the internet penetration we can get on the planet uh, and the higher the, the bandwidth we can get on the internet, uh, the better is Amazon's business model. So I do think some interesting synergies, especially when it comes to Amazon, as we make um, you know, Project Quipper and other types of initiatives to create a high-speed, wide internet coverage all around the planet. Amazon says that the focus of this will be uh, around underserved communities. And, and how much do you believe that that is their sole focus? Or do, do you expect that they are going to expand that well beyond that uh, as they continue to develop this? Yeah. You know, that's uh, that's that's clearly a starting point, and uh, you know I've, I've no way to know uh, you know in terms of how credible and uh, what the overall uh, scope of the of the landscape is, but I do think that is an unmet need right now that we need uh, 
solutions uh, much more innovative, uh, getting around the constraints that internet connectivity on, on infrastructure on our planet presents. And underserved communities could be a starting point both uh, to deploy initial set of satellites, but also build enough capacity and test the myriad of technical solutions that any of such initiatives require. So I think I can see that as a, as a beachhead market where we are going to explore, experiment, ensure technologically we can deliver a coherent solution, and then over time move up to other market segments and broaden the reach and the scale. There's also something to be said, Rahul, about how, you know, the potential of having that level of Internet uh, is going to play on so many different aspects of our lives moving forward and of our business lives as well. And, and we talked so much during the pandemic about companies making pivots. Well, here's another pivot, you know, being able to, to have this as a resource in running our operations and, you know, using it as a resource in our lives. Absolutely. You know, Internet is, is a utility. In fact, many would argue it's probably the most important utility, uh, especially uh, given uh, what we've all gone through in the last two years with COVID and work from home. And, uh, you know, many of these big tech companies, including Google, as you know, have invested significantly to make high-speed Internet as a key part of their business, and uh, both in terms of enabling their existing businesses but also presenting new opportunities. And, of course, a third part of this, Dan, is, uh, is also lowering their, their dependence on companies like Comcast and being self-reliant within the entire tech ecosystem. So I think uh, you know, these initiatives of expanding the Internet coverage and being a key player uh, in high-speed Internet connectivity creates enormous long-term synergies but also gives them more control over their business value proposition. Well, and I find it interesting that the numbers that I guess Jeff Bezos has said that, you know, would be initially invested was something like $10 billion, I think, was was the number. And in terms of investment, that would make it, what, the second largest investment that Amazon had made in an entity, Whole Foods only being the uh, the, the biggest one beyond that, Correct. Yeah, no, clearly this is a significant scale now. You, you know, we also know in terms of Amazon's market value and balance sheet, you know, this is this is a relatively small investment uh, in, in the Amazon sense. Uh, but, but, yeah, absolute scale is significant. And this is what I'm seeing in many of these uh, new space era initiatives, right? This is not uh, building a piece of software, coming up with an app and getting a network, getting a user base uh, to really create value. They're really fundamental technological problems. The, 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 you know, the cost of space launch has come down tremendously, but it's still significant. Uh, creating these network of satellites, both in terms of hardware but software and getting a control infrastructure in place, these are highly capital-intensive investments. But once you have the system in place, then you can ride the economics around these infrastructure investments for a very long time. So in, in certain regards, you know, this is almost like a utility play where you need high upfront capex investments, uh, both to deploy the infrastructure, but also to experiment and test. And then over time, uh, you are able to leverage the economic returns through these investments. And I think Amazon is very much uh, investing with that economic setup in place. 
What do you think this? What do you think? And we're talking with Rahul Kapoor of the Warden School. What do you think this means then for kind of the rivalry between Amazon and and, and Elon Musk and and SpaceX, which obviously is is getting into this realm as well? Yeah, I think I think you know clearly there is some of that that comes through the popular press. Uh, you know, from my perspective, uh, I think the entire space era has so much opportunities and it's almost like the internet in the late 1990s so i see this less of competitive interaction but more as you know more shots on the goal these are hard technical and business problems we have to solve we have no precedence whatsoever in terms of any company any private organization doing so before at that scale so i see what spacex is doing what amazon is doing giving us more shots at the goal, more experimentation, more innovation. And once we create value, uh, which is presumably in the next three to even 10 years, I think that's when the competitive issues become much more relevant. So I think at this point, I see these as complementary initiatives. Uh, presumably, each one of them would have certain setbacks, certain episodes of progress, and collectively, as a society, will be better off as we get more shots on the goal. I think it's also interesting, and, and this will attach to your management expertise here, uh, Rahul, is the fact that Jeff Bezos technically is the former CEO of Amazon, and you have Andy Jassy running the show right now, and what that relationship is like when you're thinking about something like this uh, and these projects that have really been Jeff Bezos's babies you know, for so many years. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, this is, uh, you know, similar to the type of issues that, that Google faced and how it restructured itself under Alphabet uh, is to create, you know, different units uh, such as Waymo, the self-driving unit, uh, to ensure that, you know, internally resource allocation accountability is well managed. I don't see Amazon following that sort of a governance structure yet, but I'm sure these are the conversations that are taking place, especially as, as, as Jeff Bezos has moved away from the day-to-day -day running of Amazon. And I don't see it as, uh, as an impossible scenario where many of these initiatives where uh, Bezos is much closely tied to are structured either as a separate unit within Amazon or even spun off as a standalone entity. So I think you're absolutely right that there are important organizational issues in terms of resource allocation, in terms of accountability, in terms of financing of these initiatives that require a new organizational solution than what Amazon is currently undertaking. How much then do you see all of this activity uh, between uh, Amazon and, and, and Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and SpaceX and Virgin Galactic as well with Sir Richard Branson. How much of this truly is a race at this point? Yeah, you know, one of the things I learned, Dan, through, through my course uh, on, on the new space era is, uh, yes, you know, oftentimes these are the names that we are hearing, but there are really hundreds, if not more, uh, of new startups, new initiatives that are taking place within the space ecosystem that are working on solutions that are either complementary to what we see from SpaceX or, or Amazon or Virgin Galactica, uh, but also much more far-reaching. So, you know, moving away from space launch and space tourism, 
the entire telecommunications aspect of new space era, including the satellite networks. Um, space debris removal, you can imagine that becomes an important issue that has to be resolved. Everything from looking at interplanetary travel, we're talking about mining in space. So the, the entire space ecosystem, as I, as I see today, is in an era of ferment where there are some significant bets being put, you know, three of them that you've mentioned, but there are hundreds more. And I expect yeah. the next three to five years will get significant resolution in terms of where uh, this trajectory is going to unfold and who are the winners and losers. Right now, everybody's working hard, pumping in resources to try to generate a user value proposition in a technologically and economically viable manner, uh, but the jury is still out there in terms of winners and losers. Go back again. I, I missed that. What was that time frame that you believe that we're going to see a lot of this play out? I expect, you know, nothing is happening in the next year or two. I think we are in the very early stage of what I call the technology S-curve, and I expect anything between three years where we get some initial milestones. Uh, right. But in, on the business side of this, I expect this to be at least a five to a ten-year time horizon. And, and the expectations are, are, are so very positive. Uh, I, I guess when you have the early successes that we have seen with uh, some of these initiatives, then that drives the business community to think, you know, what is the way that either either A, I can tie into the existing growth, or B, maybe we can try and be one of those entrepreneurs of developing these new ideas that we'll be able to push forward ourselves. Absolutely. And and you see both of these uh, at play right now. Uh, the, the number of startups that are getting funded, especially early rounds, uh, looking at opportunities in space, has literally mushroomed in the last three to five years. And a lot of that has been driven by the initial progress that we have seen. Companies like SpaceX uh, more prominently, but also a wide variety of other technological innovations around, uh, you know, uh, small sat, around, uh, you know, space, uh, space habitats, uh, a variety of other ecosystem components are starting to come together to unleash tremendous value over the long term. So we're seeing this activity now. Is there, have you thought about why maybe we didn't see it earlier? Uh, obviously, the government played you know, such a big role in the space program for such a long period of time. I, I, I wonder just how much of it is the mindset of, of people like, like Bezos and Musk and, and Branson and all of those other entrepreneurs right now of just seeing this door open to them and the opportunities being there. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a very important uh, aspect of this, Dan. And, uh, you know, while, while these entrepreneurs seem to be the flag bearers of this era of disruption in the space economy, uh, government has and continues to play a very critical role. In fact, uh, NASA uh, has not only supported SpaceX through funding uh, and through research and development collaboration, but it's also one of its biggest customers. And uh, so, so you see a, a very interesting dynamic playing out where uh, many of these public agencies have focused their efforts to instead of doing it themselves and get into the space race that we were all uh, part of, you know, during the Cold War, is to really create and incubate an entrepreneurial era around innovation 
and with very strong, tightly coupled public-private partnership. And I think that's the that's the phase that I see uh, this evolving. And while we celebrate companies like SpaceX, uh, without the support um, and the interactions with public agencies like NASA, SpaceX would not have been as successful as it's been. Rahul, great to have you with us. Thanks very much for your time and your insight. All the best, and we will stay in touch. Thanks very much, Dan. Great talking to you today. Thank you, as always. Rahul Kapoor, Associate Professor of Management at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.